Look alive, Sport Talkers. Welcome to Sport Talks Office Hours. Here we focus on specific topics or profiles of sport professionals and professors. You can find deep dives on important issues and detailed analysis of sport media, digital marketing, broadcast, game operations, sport business, social media, and more. I'm Chelsea Byrne, and on this episode, I chat with Zach Brain, digital producer for the Carolina Hurricanes of the NHL. Thanks for coming on. And in more than 150 characters, what is your bio? Describe your educational background, why you decided to get into sports, how you decided. Oh, man. <laughs> Went to school at Texas Tech. Um, it's, it's a Big 12 school. It's a sports school. Not necessarily good at the big time sports, but now I can say that we're a baseball, basketball school. So Reckham Tech. Um, did a bunch of uh, PR and communication and stuff through college, um, picked up a camera, started just kind of messing around in photography, didn't think much of it, um, wound up uh, just networking and being able to start freelancing with photo, uh, especially in that area of the state, because not only did we have, you know, uh, a division one, uh, division one college sports, but we had a ton of high school football and high school uh, volleyball and all that. So like was doing that for a while graduated, moved away. Uh, first job was not in sports and it made me realize just how much I missed sports. Um, was able to get a job, you know, back at Texas Tech, worked there for a while. And now I'm here at the Hurricanes and I've been here for two years and it has been a very interesting two years. It started with the storm surge and then we went to the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. And then an emergency backup goaltender that happened to be a Zamboni driver for the Leafs. Uh, played for us for a game and now we are in a bubble in Toronto and at the time of this recording it is the night before game one of the first round and we're playing against the president's trophy winning Boston Bruins so it really just keeps getting more like 20 and 20 themed (laughs) more and more intimidating 2020 theme that is the uh that's a perfect cap so describe your experience with your current job with the hurricanes all the way back from when you were applying to now yeah so i i can't really remember like the whole applying process like i can't remember like if i reached out to them or they reached out to me like it's I don't, like it's all kind of it was all kind of a blur uh but like what stood out the most is that uh, one of the first people that i talked to at the canes organization is my now boss um his name's dan i'm pretty sure i'm gonna butcher his last name i think it's like latorica or latoraka i don't know it's I'm bad at pronunciation, but I I hit it off with him like from day one, just when he basically called and was like, you know, we like what we like your stuff. Um, We like your reel. We like what we see. Like, do you have any questions for us? And then after that, it just kind of turned into us just kind of having like really good conversation back and forth, like even exchanged our numbers. Um, So like, obviously looking at it from a job perspective, like, you know, that's, that's pretty darn good. Um, and then, you know, as the whole interview process went along, I, I met everyone else that I currently work with. Um, and, you know, it's it's a biased statement, but it isn't a biased statement. Like the people that I work with are probably some of the best in the NHL as far as social media and marketing right now. So it's always fun to work with them. But uh, yeah, just kind of like went through that. And I think it was like in October is when like all of like the seriousness of moving to Carolina and all that started. And then uh packed up my bags and left January 2019 and then like midway through January I've, I've been working with them ever since and and living in Raleigh. So your is your official title a digital producer is that 
that's what your 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 job title is yeah it's a digital content producer okay so explain exactly what that means it's such a hard thing to do (laughs) (laughs) um it's i don't want to say like it is what it is but like you're you're producing content just for the digital platform for the most part so um that could be anything from you know video to photo to graphic which like i'm not great at and we have great graphic designers but they can give me a graphic and i could animate that and turn it into motion graphics so like it's really anything along those lines that we can use for social um you know most most of the video content at least um on our social networks is from me we have three other full-time and one part-time producers that are in um like our in-game production department um a lot of their stuff is is in arena um and also like a lot of their stuff makes it to social as well because like those guys are so talented and like i like because of them like i've gotten better as an editor for sure um but yeah so like most of my stuff is going to be on social to put it in perspective i guess now with just how everything's kind of happened with like the climate of the sports world like it's just me right now here at the bubble so like i really am having to do like a bunch of video and a bunch of photo even if we don't use it for social media, like it has to go to local networks, it has to go to NHL, it has to go to NBC, Fox Sports Carolina. So like definitely just getting my, like I guess getting like my job titles money worth just because for the past few weeks, it's been just like shooting, editing, photos, videos, just constantly, it's been crazy. And it's pretty cool too, that if you're producing for all those different channels that now you're not just producing for hurricanes you're you're getting your content out there and your name out there in a lot more places which is awesome yeah that's kind of been the weirdest thing to see um like when espn a few months ago like made like a we miss sports commercial and like i guess it's like my most famous shot of like dave airs like walking into the locker room and everyone cheering i was like oh my god like that's me like that's so cool <laughs> and like i had a couple friends and family who were like oh my gosh like your stuff was on espn and i was like yeah that's like if that's if that's the like the absurdity that it took like some Zamboni driver had made a couple saves like if that's what it takes to you know to get noticed and whatever it's it's like allow like a lot of people that work in social media will make all these insane things and and it'll do great and then they'll make a meme in five seconds and it performs like so much better it's it's like one of those situations where you're like that's the one like that's the one that's that's my claim to fame like okay <laughs> <laughs> well it was a big big time win for you so that's awesome not only just the team but even for your content to get out there so you mentioned that you do a lot of different editing so what tools do you use mainly and explain the process of kind of learning how to use them yeah Yeah. so it's probably what everybody else pretty much does uh premiere after effects lightroom photoshop um and i guess media encoder that kind of helps sometimes um but yeah I'll, i'll use any of those programs a lot of the times i'll use Premiere and Dynamic Link to After Effects. Um, very rarely will I only just use like one program unless it's something like a super simple edit or like a press conference or something where it's just going to be Premiere. Um, but yeah, use those a lot. And like, yeah, with that whole process after you're done filming, just I put it on our, this external drive that I have, at least here at the bubble, have multi-folders like I'm talking like project video audio graphic export which this is like the same system we have back at home everything goes in its respective folders and its respective dates file formats everything because it it pays to be so organized um if that's definitely something 
not to like go off or something like that but like if 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 anyone like has a question about like what's like the biggest thing as far as like an editor it's to be so organized especially if someone not gonna call any names but a certain tv network comes back asking for footage that you've shot you know months ago like if it's organized like you know where it is and you're not spending like all this time just like oh crap like where is this stuff right were there any courses or classes that you took to kind of help expand your knowledge on these programs or was it more self-taught it was it was a little bit of both i would say like 40 60 with the 60 being self-taught um, the thing with this with this career is that like I feel like a lot of your stuff uh, is going to be self-taught or you're going to learn it from someone else who was probably learned it from someone else and so on and so forth. And when you get to the core of it, it was probably someone that, that learned it on their own, um, which is great because it's I think it's like a good form of like networking and just talking to other editors like you get to learn like kind of their secrets and share some of your own. Um, but as far as learning, I took foundational classes for photography, for video editing and all that. Um, I remember taking like an intro to video editing class and I hated it just because our professor, I, what was his title at the time? He was a professor, but I think he was like one of like the top guys at the local PBS station in Lubbock. Uh, his name's Paul Hunton and like, it sounds like I don't like him, but he's such a good dude. But like, I did not like the class because of just like how critical he was of how you edited even like how you threw your files on Premiere, how your Premiere like looked uh, as far as just the layouts go and stuff like that. Like he would even question like, you know, he's like, why has that been here? And this is over here. Like, why is this, why is like your reference monitor always up and your program monitor, which is like where most of your, like, which is like the live monitors. Like, why is this so small? Why is this in this corner? Um, if you're color correcting, he's like, why are these panels not up? Like, why are you not having these scopes up and like all that stuff? So he would, I mean, like, he would legitimately piss you off when it came to, like, having to figure out, like, what to do, but um, yeah, he gave me such a hard time, but, like, because of him, like, I have, like, a solid foundation, especially of, of Premiere, so if it wasn't for him, like, I have no idea if I'd even be, be doing video, because at that time, I was so, like, just focused on photography. Right, so the grunt work pays off is, is basically what you're saying. Oh, yeah, long story short. <laughs> <laughs> So you are in the bubble. Tell us what that has been like. So traveling to Toronto, settling into your new life for the next couple months. What's the NHL bubble? Yeah, the, the bubble's been great, honestly. Um, you know, I, some people have asked me, like, it can't be that good because it's not a resort, like how the NBA is. But like, honestly, here, it's fine. Like, the rooms are fine. The food here is great. Like, the food is, is it's totally fine. Um, there's we you know we can get uber eats and all that kind of stuff as well but there's also just a large variety of like what's at scotia what's at the hotel i'm at and then what's at hotel x um getting here was really easy we did everything with um i mean not the cdc what is it in canada is it just health canada i'd like i don't know what like the equivalent would be but um we worked with them uh we had to like answer a little questionnaire when we got here obviously there's daily testing um you know, mask usage if you're basically anywhere outside of your room. Um, so the whole, like, the whole thing's been fine. I just think, like, it was the first initial, like, two or three days where you were just having to kind of get used to, like, okay, like, wake up and, like, breakfast is at this time. COVID testing is at this time. Practice is at this time. Um, and then now that we've had 
pretty much a week of nothing to do since we swept our in our qualifying rounds. It's it's honestly just kind of felt normal at this point. Um, it just feels like a really long away game with just a little bit stricter rules. Uh, but like the bubble's been great, and the NHL's done a really really good job. Yeah, it's looking really great so far. It was announced today that so far there's been no positive tests in Tohovel, so that's definitely a huge win, especially if you're looking at other sports. So you also tweeted a couple of weeks back about the noise level coming from the team located in the floor above you. Can you explain <laughs> that, that whole scenario, and do you have any updates on your investigation? I have a couple updates from that like initial tweet. I know I like followed it up and I was like, it's the Florida Panthers. Yeah. So fortunately, the noise has stopped. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that meant that the Panthers had to be eliminated. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a problem. It's a problem that you're going to run into. I mean, you have a bunch of, I mean, for the most part, like I'm, I wouldn't consider myself old, but like you have kids like 19 to like 25 uh, that are in a hotel room and they're, they got to have fun somehow. So like they brought their consoles and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like the first few days was really weird. There was like some screaming and stomping above me, but it's like, you know, like I probably have done that same thing when I was gaming in college and, and all of that. And then of course, like our guys sometimes get really, really into ping pong that's like right in front of the elevator. So like sometimes you could come in from like a late night or anything like that. You open the door, there's like four of them like screaming and like getting into ping pong, like, like intense games. And then a couple of times I can hear them down the hall as well. But um, yeah, that was like, it was funny. Like you can't get mad at this because I mean, you're, you're all in a bubble. You just got to figure out like ways to have fun. Like I'm sure I'm starting to be loud because I gamed the other night with a few friends and we definitely shouted a bunch. So like, I just kind of added to the mix at this point. But as far as like the full update, like the Panthers were above us, they're gone. And the people below us were the Rangers and they're gone too. So we kind of have like this little buffer because someone's on the floor above the Panthers but I don't know who and then someone is like a floor below the Rangers but I guess now that teams are leaving we all have these like like insulated areas so I guess if we really wanted to we could start being even louder. <laughs> so did you figure out what exactly what games the Panthers were playing like could you oh yeah oh yeah started off at Fortnite because I, I remember hearing like one night at like 3 a.m like lots of cursing and then like something about like not being able to like build as fast and like not enough stacks and I like I'm no Fortnite guy but I knew what they were talking about um and then I actually know uh, the video one of the video guys from the Panthers and he was like oh no dude like the whole floor is playing Warzone now so I was like all right well like there it is it's clearly playing Warzone which like that game can get you pretty rowdy now, one of the times we talked, we discussed how much you love Canada and specifically Toronto. So what, what's, what's the love with Canada? I mean, like, I can see it, but so what is it? Lord, if any of my friends listen to this podcast, I'm going to get so much crap. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I've just visited this country a lot, like, growing up and, uh, and now being able to, like, stay here, hopefully for a couple more weeks. Uh, I don't know, like, just the people are really nice. I love the weather, both cold and hot. Um, you know, I got, like, a good laugh today because Toronto's under, like, a heat warning, and I was outside, like, oh, like, this is great. Like, this is not hot at all. Um, there is no Carolina-esque humidity here, which is also great. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know, like, I guess it's it's really just kind of, like, the culture, the people, the friendliness. It sounds stereotypical, but, like, 
like it's just such a really good place I've always had like great conversation with strangers here um when we come here for away games I love just going to like some random like neighborhood bar kind of just outside of downtown Toronto and just hanging out and talking with like locals here um they get to complain to me about how they you know they how they could probably run the Leafs better in the same old same old uh but like it's just nice to like have some sort of camaraderie with like all these strangers and like this it just always happens like here in Canada and uh, just never really had a bad experience and I mean Toronto is just it's just one of my favorite cities it's it has all these neighborhoods with all this great food um, there's just different culture everywhere it's it's literally like this is a melting pot when I hear people say that like I believe that Toronto is a melting pot city um, and it's yeah and it's and like this sounds dumb too but like it's just so clean for like a city of its size like I'm not gonna like call out any other cities other than New York but like you know, like those large cities in America can be like really trashy. Like that sounds terrible, not trashy, but just, there's like a lot of trash on the ground and stuff like that. But like here, like you guys care about how your city looks as well. You just take a lot of pride in it. And that's kind of how it is with your country in general. Like you take good pride in it, um, especially from being south of the border here. When we talk about country pride, it can get a little mixed up. But like you guys just you care about it because you're happy of like you're happy of what this country can do for other people. And that's like that's just one of the reasons why I like it. Like you just care about people. That's awesome. And we also it's pretty clear you're not from here because you clearly say Toronto. And Toronto. Yeah. Toronto or now you also I mean, the Leafs, I don't know if they disappointed or if they were kind of just status quo last night, but you had said that you are still secretly rooting for them. So what are your thoughts on their uh, departure from the bubble? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> we'll just use that excuse. <laughs> That's the one we all use. So. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> no, they've, they've got a hell of a team. They're always, they're just so much fun to watch. They really are. And we've had some weird games with them. Like, yeah, the Zamboni game. But then the game before that, it was like eight, six, or just something like maybe not eight goals. Maybe it was like six, four, eight, six. I don't know. But like the second to last game that we played against the Leafs was just madness. Like it was some of the best offensive hockey, like from the Leafs and from the Canes. Like it was, it was crazy. Do you know any of their digital producers and do you keep in touch with them to, to kind of bounce off ideas or just connect over sport creative? Um, I know one of them, like we kind of talk in passing every once in a while, like he'll kind of throw up a video that he worked on or like vice versa. And we'll each just be like, oh man, like that transition at this time or like, oh dude, like how'd you, like how you did that was sick or like even the other day, like just sent him a text and was just like, let's hope that you guys can, you know, do something in game five because game four was ridiculous. And he was like, and he like sent back and was like, you know, we can't all be like the hurricanes and just show up and, you know, get it done with in four days and take a break. So like, that's kind of how you are with like most creatives especially like in you know like I've only done one pro sport being hockey like you can you can talk to them like a lot easier than you could in college because there's just so many colleges and like so many like talented creatives that's awesome just shift gears a little bit into more of your other sport interests now I'm not into racing I'm not into that scene unless it's Lightning McQueen racing for the Piston Cup you seem very interested in Formula One tell us what you what your fascination is with it where did it stem from what do you like most about it I'm I'm really not sure where it stemmed from I just think like one I remember like one morning in college 
probably stayed up all night working on a paper or something. Um, it was on TV and I was like, like, this is much more entertaining than NASCAR. <laughs> so um, started watching that. And then, um, yeah, I think it was like two years ago, uh, that Formula One documentary came on Netflix. And, you know, like I, it's from the previous season. So like I already kind of knew how everything was going to pan out, but it was so cool, like finally getting really good access just because up until honestly, when, when Netflix started showing stuff from F1, you really didn't know a lot about these guys. Um, and here in the past few years, they've, the drivers, a lot of them have really escalated their personal brand. Um, and a lot more of Americans have started like tuning into this as well, because they're seeing like the access and especially just kind of, I guess that's how like we are as Americans, like we might like sports and stuff, but like our big time sports or like the big time teams are the ones that have like all this access that we just love. Um, and so just, and like lately, just with, you know, if you look at the grand scheme of things like Mercedes and F1 right now is just running away with the competition, but shout out to Max Verstafford for winning finally another team one the other day. Um, but like Red Bull, Aston Martin Red Bull posted a video on Twitter of just raw audio of how the win was. And it, I think when I checked it this morning, it had half a million views, like just on Twitter. And so like the access of F1 is making me an even bigger fan than like I already am. That's for sure. But like not to throw NASCAR like under the dirt either. Like I've since moving to Carolina, here's like a good stereotypical like jab at the Carolinas. But since moving there, I've started watching NASCAR more because like I understand it. Uh, But they have like a great media crew too. like social like their social media and their production crew is so good especially with everything they've kind of had to deal with lately as well. They've taken it, they've taken like all these negatives and just turned them into like more positives. Like you cannot get under these people's skin and like, they just keep having fun. It's, it's really cool to see. Cool. So then what kind of social content really stands out for you from NASCAR or F1? From F1, like it's just the general access. It's mainly just seeing a video or a photo. And I'm like, wow, like I have not seen this before in F1 because you really haven't. Uh, whereas just like NASCAR is doing such a good job with like certain pop culture trends, but what they've done with Bubba Wallace and, you know, social justice and stuff like that, they're pushing it, in my opinion, they're pushing it in a more, I'm going to say this, like they're pushing it like the right way. They're not forcing it. They're not forcing you to like fall in love with Bubba Wallace which, because unfortunately, I have to say this, like people don't like him because of certain reasons that he's, you know, made uh, very clear. Um, and like they continue just to kind of like operate, you know, as they should. And uh, they've got his back. They've got other play- or drivers' backs that have kind of stood up for all that kind of thing. And uh, it's just it, like, it's just good to see like a sport that is a sport that's like stereotype for all the wrong reasons, like not be what you think it is. The last time we spoke, we kind of bonded over softball and how your mom played in college and how she had hoped that you were going to be the star softball child that she always dreamed of. You since said that you're, that you did not become the softball star, but if you could have, what position would you have wanted to play and why? Can't technically play softball in the States, uh, (laughs) but if it were baseball, probably, probably shortstop, a lot of great, like a lot of great shortstops that have come come and gone, but like, I just always loved that position. Um, it's such a key part of the infield. It's a key gap to stop line drives or simple base hits, um, 
or maybe the DH. I don't know. Cause that's like not a lot of work. And you just kind of walk up to the plate and swing. And I loved batting more than I did fielding. So maybe now I'll change it. I'll go, I'll go DH. So okay. I have to make sure that I'd be put in the AL, but DH for sure. <laughs> in terms of going back to social outside of the hurricanes, cause obviously you're a little biased, but who would you say would be the top three teams in the social digital media space within the NHL? Ooh, within the NHL. Oh man. I mean, like, I really like, it's going to sound biased, but like, I really feel like number one just kind of is us. Um, but man, three others, Vegas is good. Um, I like Winnipeg's a lot for sure. Um, there's just, who else? San Jose is pretty good. The Islanders are like, I don't want to say surprisingly good. That sounds terrible, but like the Islanders lately have started making like some really good, like uh, hires for some key people. Um, so they're pretty good as well. So the Penguins, I have yet to give a top three crap. Uh, I would have to probably say, um, and I have to exclude the Canes. So Penguins, Vegas, and the Islanders. Nice. But I won't say what order those three are in. <laughs> oh, that was going to be a follow-up. <laughs> me right before. <laughs> all right, all right. So then in terms of all sports, do you have top three sports for social content oh man uh for social content in general i would have to honestly say number one uh would probably be the ohio state football account um i know a lot of guys that have like been there and have moved on but incredible like incredible account uh the los angeles chargers are just mental like they're so good at literally everything and to keep the trend going, we're still sticking with football. Uh, our own Carolina Panthers. Uh, I thought they did really good for their schedule release video and oh, cool. just a lot of other stuff that they've done, especially stuff promoting like Christian McCaffrey. They they just, they know how to do it. Uh, I don't know if it's one editor because a lot of their stuff is video focused. I don't know if it's like one editor or it's a collaboration between a ton, but like they're, they're doing great stuff in Carolina. Cool. To go back to the three teams, if you're not the three NHL teams, if you're not going to tell me what order, what order, then what specifically about each team is doing? Like, what what is it in terms of their social content? Yeah, the Islanders is just like their their Twitter has kind of like shifted lately, and like they're starting to kind of hit like more pop culture references and just like funny references, and it's just refreshing to see because like not a lot of hockey teams do that. And if, if, and like, and if certain teams like do that, they do too much of it. And that's something that I can tell like the Islanders like have it done and they've done great, you know, a great job doing that. So it'll be good to watch them. Uh, the Penguins, like their motion graphics and their graphics for social, because they actually have designers like for social, for in-game and then like for, I think, web slash email. Uh, but one of their, one of their designers, Daryl, he is like, he's so good. Um, and you can tell that like, I feel like he kind of sits in his room and just like thinks up of like new ways to like animate a graphic or a lot of stuff like a lot of the graphics that they that he'll even post are been like hand-drawn from photography or really anything um like the dude is just so talented and um you know being able to be in a position you know like working for the pittsburgh penguins which is um which like i've told him this before like it feels like they're an original six team but they're but they're not like that's just how good their branding is Right. Like to be at that, to be at that position and like be that talented as a graphic designer is like, it, that's just the perfect recipe. Like the kid's so good. 
and then Vegas just tweets funny things. Like that's it's like that sounds so dumb to say, but like they just tweet. Like sometimes they don't use graphics or anything. They just tweet, and that's so hard to do. Like that is so hard to do, and they've done it very well. To shift into the career advice to kind of end off this the show, I have a few questions. We are seeing now that a lot of sport creatives are being either laid off or having to take a step back from sports in order to pursue careers, either pay the bills or simply just to try something new. What are your thoughts on those that are afraid to pursue other opportunities outside of sport because they fear of losing their foot in the door within sports? I mean, to put it simply, like if you've been a good person and you've networked and they know the kind of work you can do in sports and you leave sports, it's totally fine. I think that there's this weird perception that like once you leave, it's it's like some kind of like secret club. Like once you leave, you can never come back like ever again. And that couldn't be far from the case. Uh, if you have to leave, especially because in times like this, like that's okay. Especially just because of like the climate that we're in right now. Like it's okay to not be working in sports because unfortunately sports are very affected right now. Uh, but like, let's say like this wasn't going on and you're just like, you know what? I want to take a two year hiatus. I want to settle down and have a consistent schedule and, you know, see my kids or, you know, just relax and have like a simple job. Um, you can do that. Like, I don't, I don't see why that's such a bad thing. Like you can do that. You can get out and you can actually implement like what you've learned in sports, you know, to your non-sports job and then vice versa. When you're ready to get back in, you already have the experience of working in sports, but then you can bring like your outside opinions in. Right. Um, there's, I, I've known plenty of people that have not been in sports that are working in sports now because when they presented ideas to their employers, they even mentioned like, oh wow, like we interviewed people in sports and they didn't come up with ideas like this because you can see it all from a, from a different perspective. Right. That's how it was with me for Carolina. Like, you know, I'm a, like I'm a born and raised Texan. I'm proud of it. Like Texas forever. Remember the Alamo, all that stuff. Um, I'm a Texan that loves hockey and I'm in Carolina. Like that just sounds weird to say, but it's because of that weird aspect where like everyone talks about Friday night lights and all this stuff. I'm like, no, like there's still this other great sport called hockey and they play like every day almost, not just on Fridays. Yeah. And so like you kind of, but like you can like, because I've done it too. Like you can look into it in hockey and be like, how can we treat this? Like it's a Friday night matchup. Like how can we treat this like Friday night lights? You know? And so like, it's, it's totally fine. I know I'm like, I'm starting to rant now and I'm sorry, but like, yeah, like it's totally fine if you leave sports. Like it's totally fine. Every, we have good memories like of people. We're going to remember who you are. If you made a good impact in sports, like you'll be fine. Perfect. I mean, that's something I definitely want to hear. And I think a lot of students now specifically want to understand that the sport world's never going to close their doors on them if, as long as they keep up networking and, and keep the good, good work going. Yeah. And then put like personal experience, like in college, I was freelancing for Texas Tech Athletics and the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and Getty. And then my first job, like out of college, I was making videos and doing photogra product photography for an automotive company. And then my next job was back in sports. So like, it's not uncommon and you can do it. That, that's a really good example. I even know a lot of creatives and I feel like it happens more often with creatives that they have to step back or they do other freelance work. And then it kind of all just, like you said, you bring different experiences into each job and then it 
kind of broadens your your perspective on on how to achieve that. So what would be some important pieces of advice that you wish someone would have told you when you were starting out? Oh man, <laughs> work hard for sure. <laughs> um, you can't, and, and I mean like that sounds dumb, but like you can't expect to go places if you don't put in that work. It, it's really that simple. Yeah, like working in sports is fun. It's a blast. I love it you know, even, even though I'm in a bubble right now <laughs> and I haven't seen my friends or family and I don't know when I'm going to see my friends or family, but like, you got to keep working. We still have a product to put out. Um, there's been plenty of nights, you know, at the Canes where I'm up late working on stuff. And I know that I'm not going to be able to sleep much that night because I got to do it all over again, super early. Uh, same working in college athletics. There was nights when it was football one night and you had a, uh, you know, you'd go home at one or two in the morning and you had a basketball game at two in the afternoon. So that, like that following day or 12 hours later, yeah, that following day. So like, just, you got to keep working hard um, and network well, um, definitely network. And like, when I say that, like, I don't mean like, you know, be like, hi, my name is so-and-so. And like, this is my real, just like, talk to us, man. Like, especially now, like a lot of us are at home and we're bored, like hit us up. Uh, give me some Netflix recommendations. Like, you know that I game, ask if you want to game online with me sometime, like simple stuff like that. And then uh, there's a quote and I've heard it from like a lot of people, but it might somewhat contradict everything that I've said, but I, I use it a lot and it's done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. um, coming from a video standpoint, like every video that you're going to make, it's not going to hit a million views. It's not going to be the breakthrough video. It's not going to be what everyone are gonna, is going to be watching at all times. You will have those, but it will not be every video. And sometimes when you're boggled down with work, like it's okay to get it done and make it look as good as it possibly can. But sometimes it's just not worth fretting like all this un like unwanted amounts of stress to it. Because guess what? You got to do the same thing again. And so sometimes like just done is better than being perfect. So then what would be the number one tip that you would like to see more post-secondary students do during their years in school to prepare for their career? Um, really, like, if you're wanting to be involved in, like, let's say, in-game production, and you're at a university that has, you know, college athletics, like, get an internship with, with production. Learn, learn how that works. Um, learn more than just, you know, being in a broadcast booth running EBS or replay or directing, uh, pick up a camera, learn how to do all of that. Uh, I can't stress enough. Um, my, like my first job at tech was mainly to shoot and edit, but I also ran a TV show uh, and I had to co-produce that TV show. I had to direct it once, which was like so terrifying, but I had to direct it once. Uh, but then most of the time I was in the control room having uh, to key in camera shots and all that kind of stuff. Um, so like, you know, not only can you, or in my instance, like not only can I like film and edit, but there's been a few times in Carolina where like I've had to work, you know, some of our simple production stuff. And like, I've done that as well as our other editors, they've done that as well because they're multi-talented in that. And a lot of them went to production schools where basically like what I'm telling you now, like they got involved as an intern to do all of that. Um, if you want to get into photography or you want to be a journalist, like you go to that school newspaper or you do freelance writing, um, it's just stuff like that. Like you just, the sooner you can get in, get involved, like the absolute better. Um, people expect, at least from my part 
Uh, people expect that I, you know, went somewhere to get, you know, a degree in production and all that. I'm a PR major and a journalism minor. Um, and here I am doing video work. And it's because I interned for tech athletics. I did freelance photography, all that stuff. And so like, you just do that and find your career path. And I mean, like, yeah, like I'll probably get back to PR one day, but like, I'm still having just a blast doing what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, like just get involved, get involved, ask questions, ask, like ask those questions that you might be afraid, like, oh, this might sound dumb. Like, why is, you know, this button bigger than this one? Like, is there a reason for this? Especially like in a broadcast truck, like definitely ask questions. So you're not messing up a, a game, a game program, but like, that's probably, I would even tell myself that in college, like, you know, get more involved. Uh, and then like that way that can go such a long way to where you can be like one of our interns in Carolina, like he's an intern at the Canes, but he is, has a side gig doing production for ACC network and all this other stuff because he learned through our job and through, uh, him getting involved at NC state to, to do this stuff. And he can honestly make a job out of it outside of college. And I'm, and I believe he's an engineering major. So like he has nothing to do with, with media. So it's really just about getting involved as early as you can and just kind of going from there. Well, I think that's really good advice, especially because not only does it help you, you know, kind of hone your own skills, but gives you options for multiple different careers. And I think that's something that a lot of students now are, are facing, that it's not, you know, when our parents went to school, it, a lot of it was you, you go to school and that's what you do until you retire. Whereas now we're, like people are reinventing their careers 20 years, 30 years into, into the making. So that is fantastic advice. And I wish you and the Hurricanes all the, all the best of luck. My Leafs are out, we're done. So now I can be a full Hurricane fan. Thanks for coming on and good luck. Absolutely no problem, thank you.